All right. Good evening. Praise the Lord. Good to be here. Good to be in church. Good to be with God's people. Good to be saved. I guess I'll give you a quick report on the Walmart thing since we're here. Uh, went really well yesterday. We were in South Daytona. We gave out uh, about 530 Bibles. I could be off 10 or so, but uh, it was a real blessing. Gave the gospel to a lot of people. Uh, some really seemed interested, said they'd come, you know, it sounds like a good idea on Saturday afternoon, but when you have to get up on Sunday morning, you know, you're coming from the world, it's unfortunate. But um, anyway, God's word went out. God's word will not return unto him void. And uh, praise the Lord for it. It was a real blessing. Thanks for all those that helped, those that prayed, really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> All right, let's, uh, let's get 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We are, we're going to take a little journey through the wilderness tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Actually, before we get that, let's go real quick to Philippians chapter 2 and Romans 5. It's, it is going to be a lot of Bible, bear with me, but I think uh, it'll be a real blessing to you. Romans chapter 5, Philippians chapter 2. Let's get those two and then we'll pray. thirsty in the wilderness. All right. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for giving us this book, God, this great book. I pray that you'd help us now as we read it, help us as we study it. God, pray that you'd bless us in that study. Help us, God, to live for you. Help us to obey you. Uh, God, that you would receive the honor and glory for what's done in our lives. We thank you so much that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for us and uh, God, that you've given us salvation, eternal life, one another, this place. God, you're so good. Thank you. Pray that you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 2. Now, uh, I figured I'd cover this first. We're, we're going to take a look through the wilderness, try and see if we can't learn something from the lives of the children of Israel during that time. Um, we, we, I do that. Uh, a lot. I've been trying to go through pictures and types in the uh, Old Testament uh, as I'm allotted time. But uh, there's a lot of new people thought I'd say this. We, we believe in what is called standing versus state. They are, there's two separate things. Uh, one is uh, eternal salvation or loss. Uh, and the other is your condition on the earth. And I thought I'd just kind of show that real quick. Uh, take a look at Philippians chapter 2. Let's get that one first. Philippians chapter 2. And the Bible says in verse number 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state, state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Now, these are saved people. This is the church at Philippi. He knows they're saved. He led a lot of these guys to the Lord, right? But he wants to know their state. How are they doing on the earth? Are they living for God? Are they serving God? Are they sinning against God? Are they in rebellion? He wanted to know their state. How are they doing? How are they faring on the earth? And uh, we see that Philippians chapter 2, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5. The Bible says, verse number 1, Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have, present tense, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have, present tense, access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope in the glory of God of God. Just one more. We're here. First Corinthians 15. Many of you guys should know this one. Uh, verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. Right. So, so we believe that uh, that a saved person uh, can 
choose to, as the Bible says, live after the flesh or live after the spirit. Uh, it's what you choose to do because God gives you the free will to do that. Uh, now, mind you, you are going to a place where the only thing that will matter is how much you loved and served Jesus Christ, and it will be seen for all the ages. All right. <clears throat> now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to take a look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 1. The Bible says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That's talking about their state. Are they spiritual? Are they are spiritually minded? Are they serving the Lord? Are they living for the things of God? Verse number, two, or verse number 1. But as unto carnal, that'd be the opposite, right? Living for the flesh. Even as unto babes in Christ. He's not saying they're lost. He's not saying they lose their salvation. They're still in Christ. They're just as babes. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? How would you know if somebody's carnal? Well, a couple of them here, envying, strife, divisions. That's what God said. Somebody's carnally minded. Uh, take a look at Romans chapter 7. Let's get this. Uh, Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. It's good. It came from God. Amen. Right? Now, you know, somebody, you show somebody something out of the, out of Deuteronomy 22 and they're, oh, you're just a legalist. The law is good. Yeah. Right? The law is spiritual. You know, our, our, we have a problem. Yeah. Look at, now, now, now I want to point this out. This is Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Am I right? Yeah. I'm right. <clears throat> Romans chapter 7, verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I have a carnality problem. You have a carnality problem. Right? This, this is Bible. Jesus Christ said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. My soul is saved. My soul is pure and clean. We read that, sang that in that song earlier. Cleansed and made holy uh, on the inside. Man, I am pure and clean and without sin. And I stand before God with his own righteousness. But that flesh... It's a struggle I deal with every day. It's the struggle you deal with every day. And Paul, Paul said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I am carnal, sold under sin. Uh, look at Romans chapter 8 real quick. We'll, we'll go to the Old Testament in just a minute. I said, it's a lot of Bible, but Bible is good. Just, you need the Bible. I need the Bible. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse number 6. Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh... Do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We have a choice every day. You have a choice every day to be carnally minded or to be spiritually minded. We got to make that choice. And uh, I figured I'd show you some things from the Old Testament here in Exodus. Let's go back to uh, chapter 15. We're going to, like I said, journey through the wilderness. Well, that might be a title, but uh, to give credit for those that are watching, my mom, she used to always say, Idle hands of the devil's workshop. Yeah, it's, it's not a Bible verse, but uh, there's some truth to that. If, you, if, you, if you're doing nothing, you're engaged in nothing good, you'll get engaged in something bad. 
All right, Exodus chapter 15. So if you remember last time we preached through, uh, actually in this chapter, how they came to Mara and, the, and the, the Moses cast down this tree, cut down this tree, made the water sweet, praise God. Previous chapter, right? Just give you some context. Exodus chapter 14, the children of Israel cross the Red Sea. Bible says, we looked at it, Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, they crossed, they passed through the Red Sea. I believe they're saved, right? The Bible says that by faith they did that. And uh, it even says God saved Israel. It's really good, really good stuff. But we get to chapter, we get to chapter 15. They sing this song. And uh, then we go to verse number 22 of chapter 15. Let's start there. 22 of chapter 15. The Bible says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into, into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? They're murmuring against Moses. Now, we talked about that before. First mention of Moses, it's a complaint, half-suppressed, low-muttering voice, automatopoeia, right? But, but these people, God's redeemed people, brought out of the land of Egypt, they are three days from when God buried the Egyptian army in the Red Sea, and they're murmuring against Moses. And you think, man, how can they do that? How can they do all that they saw? They saw God rain down fire and hail mingled together. They saw locusts destroy this country. They saw uh, uh, so many amazing things, lice and flies and frogs. And you think, that's amazing. The things that they saw, the entire Nile River turned to blood. They saw that. And they saw Moses do that. Can you believe Moses? Moses, he brought us all the way out here. We don't have anything to drink. It's carnal. Carnally minded. That flesh is so powerful. Even three days removed from the crossing of the Red Sea. Speaking against their own God-given leadership. Uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse number 1. Look at this. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. And they took their journey from Elam. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. You think... They murmured, it's not good, so God heard it, so sin, right? He, God provides, cuts down this tree, great picture of Jesus Christ, water's made sweet. Now they got another problem. But what do they do? They revert back to the same old natural reactions that they had when they were lost. <laughs> murmuring against Moses, murmuring against Aaron. We're, we're not far from that Red Sea crossing. Uh, look at uh, Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, verse number 1. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? They're, they went from murmuring, right? Which is kind of half suppressed under the breath, talking to their neighbor. Now they're in Moses' face. They're chiding with him. Moses, this is your fault. Moses, you did this to us. We don't have any water because of you. Like, hasn't manna is raining down every morning to feed them. And they're in Moses' face. Can you believe that? 
say, man, that's terrible. They're just in his face. Chide is to scold. It's with anger. They're, they're openly there. Uh, we're, we're keep going. Exodus chapter 18. Look at this. Exodus chapter 18. <clears throat> Let's go to verse number. Oh, this is good Bible. Um, verse 7. Verse, I just, this is a great passage. I love this. Exodus 18, verse 7. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and they came into the tent and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the travail that had come upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. Man, every single time God answered. Every single time God took care of him. And Moses, Moses, good man, he's, he's out there telling them how great God has been. Verse number nine, and, and Jethro rejoiced, praise God, for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. Imagine your son-in-law goes to another country, brings that country to its knees, basically destroys it, and then leads the people out. That's amazing. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Jethro's, <laughs> he's impressed. He says to his daughter, you did good. <clears throat> and Jethro said, blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know, mm, praise God, that the Lord is greater than all gods for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Verse 13, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? Well, what is this all about? Well, and Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. What does that mean? When they have a matter. Look at that. When they have a matter, they come unto me. And I judge between one and another. And I do make them, to know, make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now to my voice. Well, we won't go down there. All right. So here we have, we have Moses standing. What, what did it say? Verse 13. For, from morning unto the evening. So from the time that sun comes up to the time that sun goes down, the people of Israel are lining up because they can't get along. One brother has a matter against another brother. And they're going to Moses. Now, I know it's maybe two million people. That's a lot of people. But there's so many people that have a problem with one another that they are going to stand at Moses hoping to talk to him from morning until evening. And if they don't get him that day, they go back the next. What is wrong? These are God's people. What? Why can they not get along? It, it's, it's not like they're stealing each other's food. <laughs> they go out, they collect the, whatever they collect, it's the same amount for everybody. Right? God said, well, he who gathered much had nothing over. He who gathered little had no lack. What are, what are they fighting about? They're, they're born, they're saved, best we can tell. They have been delivered by the blood of the Lamb out of slavery in Egypt. And they can't get along with one another? Take, take a look. Let's go 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll take a break from the Old Testament. We'll come back. I got to get some water because it's so thirsty in that land. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. Dare any of you 
having a matter. Same, same word as Exodus. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? I hope there's nobody in this case right now, but I mean, man, you got a husband and wife, can't get along, go before an, an unsaved judge, snarling at one another, throwing curses at one another, blaming them. And then you're going to tell them you're a Christian and you go to church? Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust? You're going to let them see that? And not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world should be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is, is it so? That there is not a wise man among you, no, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbeliever. That, that's a sign of carnality. Yeah. See that same thing in Exodus. So how can they do that? Verse number seven. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? If, if Jesus Christ is our example, then he is. The Bible, Bible says that very clearly. Jesus Christ, as far as treatment by men on the earth, no one was ever treated worse. Here, here is the Son of God. He is mocked, scorned, spit upon, smitten, beaten, scourged by Roman soldiers. They ripped out the hairs of his face, right? Beat him, made a, a mockery, made him look like a, a king, would-be king, brought, had him a little procession outside of Jerusalem to bring him to Mount Calvary, strip him, make him carry the cross up the mount, and then they nail him to the cross, and he died for them. How do we not suffer wrong of one another? How do we not rather take, take wrong, be defrauded, than, than to bring it to the point where I don't go to that church no more. That, that guy did this to me and that guy did that to me. And do you know what those people did to Jesus Christ? Yeah, man. They died for him and he died for them. He laid down his life for the people that treated him that way. All right, exit, back to Exodus. We get a little more water before we go down there. All right, back to Exodus. Now we'll skip 19 through uh, 31. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. It's different. Exodus chapter 32. Whew, Exodus 32. Man, if you ain't heard preaching from this passage, you just ain't heard preaching. <clears throat> And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. There is a mountain on fire. Smoke lightning, trumpets, they, you run the references, they heard God speak and give at the very least the Ten Commandments. They heard that from God. And they're like, man, Moses is taking too long. Man, you know, I don't appreciate, Brother James said we'd, we'd have this or we'd get this and where's Where's he at, man? What's going on with this? These people are wicked, man. Look at this. The Bible says, they gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up. He'd been loafing around. He ain't been doing nothing. 
Moses up there with God and there's lightning and he's getting the Ten Commandments and tables of stone. Aaron's just like <laughs> kicking back, man. Now our church, I think our leadership's pretty good at fishing out moochinaries from the missionaries. <laughs> but, uh, but they're out there, man. Listen, we, we set a high standard. You ain't going to get God's money, be, be the people of God's money, to go out and do nothing. I, we ain't down for that. That's not how this works. That's, that's an Aaron ministry. We, we got a higher bar than that. Praise God. All right. Up, up, because you've been loafing around. Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what has become of him. You'd think he was Superman at the very least. This guy brings down a nation. You're like, man, I ain't seen him in 30 days. What's going on? He's, he's probably gone. That guy's probably dead. Let's, let's get a new God. These people saw God bring down a nation. They saw God work miracles. They saw God part the Red Sea through Moses. And they're like, I'll get another God. You know why? Because that God up there on that mountain is telling me, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Man, I just want a God who likes my nakedness. And I, I want a God who likes my partying. And yeah, let's get that golden calf and drink and dance. And That's why they wanted a different God. That's why they wanted a different God. Uh, skip down, verse number 10. This is so bad. <clears throat> this is God speaking. Verse 10, now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make of thee a great nation. God was so angry that he was willing to destroy all of them and start over with Moses. He was so angry. That's serious. Say, I'm saved and I can just live however I want. You think so? Is that, is that really the attitude? That you should, the problem is this, the problem is carnality. Yeah. And rather than feeling bad for your carnality, you're trying to push that away and just find a God who's okay with it. Breathe. Oh man. I called it the journey through the wilderness. <laughs> they, they, a God that's okay with nakedness and death. No, I'm just, <laughs> I gotta, I get myself in trouble. <clears throat> All right, let's, uh, let's keep going. We got to move forward. We'll skip Exodus 33 through 40. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. There's more there. Um, Leviticus mostly is commands, mostly uh, giving of sacrifices and feasts and things like that. Not so much historical account of the nation of Israel, uh, but you do get into some of that. Let's go uh, Leviticus chapter 10 real quick. Leviticus chapter 10. The Bible says, uh, verse number one, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. God said, this is what I want you to do. And they said, eh, I can do it my own. I can come to God my own way. I believe in God just like you. Oh, I'm a priest just like you. And I'm going to bring God my own fire. <laughs> but you know what happened? God killed them. Now you say, God, God's not going to do that. No, but you know what the Bible said? To be carnally minded is death. Death how about this? Maybe death to a crown you could have earned. Death to some eternal reward you could have earned. Death to an opportunity to win somebody to the Lord. Right? right? The Bible says you do all that nonsense, people are going to look at you and think, you know God. But if you're out there and you're speaking the truth and living the truth, God says, man, they've come down. God, he's the true God. Because they get a, a witness not just from your mouth, but from your life. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. All right, let's go to Numbers, because like I said, the rest of Leviticus really is uh, it's all feast days and laws and sacrifices and things like that. 
few other things, but uh, numbers, you got one through 10, really numbering of the nation of Israel, numbering of the people, a few different additional type commandments. Uh, go to chapter 11. So now here we get back into the history uh, of the nation of Israel. <clears throat> numbers chapter 11, verse number one. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Has this been really pleasant, this, journey, this carnal journey through the wilderness? It's not been good. Murmuring, complaint, death, it's not good, not pleasant, not fun. Uh, so we see Numbers chapter 11. Take a look at uh, verse number six. Look at this. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed and the color thereof as the color of bedellium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Sounds good. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night and the manna fell upon it, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. They're all complaining about the food they've got. God is raining down bread from heaven every single day, and they're complaining about it. Carnality. Carnality. Not happy with what they've got. Not content with the things that God has given them. Godliness with contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. Uh, look at Numbers chapter 12. Notice, we're chapter by chapter, right? It's, it's not pleasant. Numbers chapter 12. There's something good at the end. Just stick with me. Numbers 12, verse number 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Now his own brother and his own sister. Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Not because they don't like his leadership, not because something bad's going on in the camp. Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Really? You're complaining? You're speaking against this great man of God and this great work that he's done and all that he's been doing for all these people for how long? Just because he married somebody that looks different? It's not like they have to go home to her, right? They're, they're speaking against him just because of who's he's, who he's married to. Do you know what carnality in a church is like? I don't like that guy because he, he wore black shoes. That guy's got a, he's got a brown belt with black shoes. Can you believe that? I don't like that brother. I don't like, you know that brother? He did this to one, one time and you think, what? Are you seriously? Nonsense. People talking about People getting upset with other brethren for junk. Look at this. They're speaking against their own brother because of who he married. He's done great things for God and there's been no sin on anybody's part that we're aware of, at least in the scripture. And they're just not happy because she don't look like them. What? What? That is carnality carnality speaking fighting against your own brothers and sisters over nonsense nonsense all right let's keep going numbers uh let's see we did 12 let's go 13 spies go into the promised land uh this is pretty good hopefully we'll maybe we'll come back here uh numbers chapter 13 real quick uh first number 31 
But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And verse 14, chapter 14, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. God said, go and take the land. You can have this land. I will give you this land. And two, ten guys go out there and they're like, oh man, that's scary. I don't think we can do it. And everybody's like, oh no, oh God's going to kill us. God's, gonna, God's so terrible. Look at, look at verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Really? When you hadn't crossed the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was coming, you were like, God, get us out of here. God, help us. God, save us. And now they're like, we got to go fight a scary army. Would God we had died in Egypt. Or look at this. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. Rather than go and take the land that God said is good, rather than go and take the land that God would, would bless them in, because they're just a bunch of rebels. This, that's carnality. Uh, carnality is just rebellion. They, God says, take the land. They say, no, we don't want to take the land. It's too scary. So then God says, all right, you're all going to die out here. Watch. Uh, take a look. Um, <clears throat> Verse number 40, same chapter, Numbers chapter 14, verse 40. And they rose up uh, early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and we will go up unto the place which the Lord had promised. Oh, yeah, I'm doing what God said, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies." Verse 44, but they presumed to go up to the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. So God says, go take the land. They say, no, we're not going to take the land. And then God says, all right, you're all going to just live out here and die for the next 40 years. And, um, and they say, oh, no, we're, we'll take the land now. We'll take the land. God says, no, don't go up and take the land. So what do they do? They go and try and take the land, and what happens? They die. Do we, are we seeing the pattern? Carnality brings death. Carnality brings death. Right? Look at, uh, we got to move. Numbers chapter 16. Say, are you really going to, oh, we're, we're going to cover a lot. Number 16, look at this. Now Korah, verse number one, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. You know what? You're, you're just trying to rule over me. You're just trying to, trying to control my life, says the rebel. You know, and it's like, well, listen, if you would just humble yourself and obey God, not me, obey God, this would be so much better for you. But oh, oh, we're all God's people. I'm as saved as you're saved, and we're all holy like you're holy, and that just ain't the truth. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. Well, it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> verse number 11. Verse number 11. For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? And Moses sent to Dathan and Abiram the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. They're like, come on, let's, let's talk about this. I'm not going to talk to Brother James. I'm not going to talk to Brother David. I don't need that. I don't need that counsel. Really? You do. 
That's, that's the problem. You do. Now, most people, they're trying to go to Brother David, trying to go to Brother James because they want them to just rubber stamp what they want to do. I'll tell you one quick story, and then we'll keep going. So there was a, a woman that, uh, that I knew, my friend, uh, had a child with this person, and not a good situation. Anyway, uh, this was all when we were first coming. We were coming 100% from the world, so trying to get all these people saved, trying to get them in church. And uh, this girl comes, and she's been talking to some loser in Europe, and she's like, I'm, I'm going to go marry this guy in Europe. And uh, he had come. Was it Europe? No, it was South America or something. Argentina, that was it. So he, he had come here, got her pregnant, gets deported, never sends a dime. And she wants to go marry this guy. Anyway, so she comes to Danielle and I, and we're talking. And she's like, I want to go talk to Brother James about it, and blah, 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 blah. And so I don't remember if it was you or me, one of us said it. And she, we're like, <coughs> If Brother James says, don't marry him, are you going to not marry him? And she never went to go see Brother James. <laughs> and went and married him, and it didn't go well. Carnality brings death. Carnality brings death. All right, let's keep going. Back to uh, Book of Numbers. Chapter 16, verse uh, real quick, 31. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. Man, that is serious. The earth swallowed these guys up, all the people that were with them, and all their stuff. Whoo! Man, you'd think that would solve everything. Man, if the people just saw that, that would really. Man, if, you know, when people rise up against a pastor, if God would just open that up. You know, we live in Florida. There's sinkholes, you know. But no, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, but look, it doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't fix the problem. Verse 41. But on the morrow, earth swallowed him up. On the morrow, we are less than 24 hours from the earth swallowing up several hundred people and all their stuff. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. This is your fault. What do you say? I cannot believe it when you read that. You are less than 24 hours from the earth swallowing these people up and they're still complaining against Moses. You'd think the earth's going to get you, buddy. <laughs> I'm shocked as I read this. But you know, when, you're, when you're, you're, you're a Christian, you're in the Christian life for a while, you see stuff happen, you see people live carnally and it doesn't go well and you think how do they keep going like that yeah. like why the carnal mind is at enmity against God and cannot be subject to him that's, that's what it comes down to. You need to leave, you by your own choice, need to leave the carnal mind and submit yourself to God. We'll look at that. We'll look at that. Boy, we've got to move. All right. <clears throat> Uh, Numbers chapter 17, uh, Zerat of Aaron, we'll skip uh, 18, commandment of God, 19, commandment of God, 20, uh, real quick, 20, chapter 20. Then came, verse number one, then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation in the, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Canaan, and Miriam died there and was buried there, and there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Are you kidding me? You want water so that you don't die. <laughs> and you're saying, I wish we just died back then. Well, quit drinking. <laughs> Why complain? This, this is 
carnality. This is, it never makes any sense. All right, but we got to keep going. Uh, Numbers chapter 22 through 24 is the whole Balaam thing. 25, look at this, Numbers 25. Say, does it get worse? <laughs> I hate to say that. Numbers 25, and Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. These are the people that saw all the gods of Egypt destroyed. And they're committing whoredom, and they're bowing down to false gods. How do they do that? It's carnality. The deceitfulness of sin. You would be surprised how far people go when they have forsaken God. And they're saved, best I can tell. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll come back to Exodus. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Whew, you need some water after all that time in the wilderness. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, in verse 1, not that ye should be, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But, but, you say, they're all saved. We're all saved. But, verse 5, with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Some good preaching there. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. God said all that stuff that happened back there was for you and I to learn something. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, here's the problem. Romans 7, I am carnal. Romans 7, you're carnal. So there were two places in which I skipped. Back to Exodus. There were two periods of time in which the nation of Israel was not getting in trouble, not getting killed, and not fighting and murmuring and complaining and biting and devouring one another. Exodus chapter 19, God tells the people he's going to come down. This mountain, Bible says, uh, let's see. Verse number 18, and Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and smoke and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount and Moses went up. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. So here God has got all the people gathered together. Chapter 20. And God spake all these words, saying, All the congregation gathered together to hear the word of God. I'm carnal. You're carnal. I'm, I'm, this isn't all the answers. But 
you can't preach all the Bible at once, but you want to stay out of trouble, be in church. Amen. Every time those doors are open, every time you can be in church, you be in church. Amen. All the congregation gathered together to hear the words of God. And you have chapter 19, nobody dies. Chapter 20, nobody dies. God gives his commandments. 21, now these are the judgments, nobody dies. Chapter 22, if a man steal, God's given more commandments and nobody dies because they're all just sitting listening. 23, thou shalt not. God's given commandments and they're all listening and nobody dies. 24, and he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, come on, let's, let's all get together, let's hear this, let's listen to this. God's speaking. Man, I'm telling you, in, in this life, with this carnal mind and this carnal flesh, you want us one way, you want to stay out of trouble, man, you be in church. Listen to God's word when it is preached. Sit together with God's people. There's something about that. There's something about it because you know, you know why they're, they're, they, we see each other. Man, brother, how you doing? Man, brother, what you been up to? If you're like, oh, you know, I was, I was out at the bar last night. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, brother, what, what were you doing? That ain't right. Brother, why, why don't you come, come hang out with us rather than hang out with that crowd? You know, but you'll get reproved, you'll get admonished. Iron sharpeneth iron. What happens is you have that accountability. You got so many other things to it. But being in church, being with God's people, hearing God's word preached, one way to keep you out of trouble. Amen. How about this one? Let's go Exodus chapter 33. So we read a lot of that in between, and it ain't good. Uh, Exodus 33 is actually another giving of the law. We won't read all that. Um, let's keep going. Number, or forgive me, Exodus. Let's see, I got uh, 35. Exodus chapter 35. Watch this one. So, verse 35, Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that ye should do them. Six days shall work be done. Don't be a loafer. But on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout, uh, and your habitations upon the Sabbath day. Verse 4, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the, uh, of the Lord, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skins, dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, and onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod, and for the breastplate. And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord had commanded, the tabernacle, his tent, and his covering, his tatches, and his boards, his bars, his pillars, and his sockets, the ark, and the staves thereof, with the mercy seat, and the veil of the covering, the table, and his staves, and all his vessels, and the showbread, the candlestick also for the light, and his furniture, and his lamps with the oil for the light. What are we doing? We got to build the tabernacle. We got to get to work. We got a lot to do. Take a look at, uh, take a look at, Exodus 39. So he's given commandment of all these different things, great details there, tremendous pictures there. Take a look at 30, uh, 39, verse number one. And nobody's dying. Nobody's murmuring against Moses and chiding with Aaron. The Bible says, verse number one, <clears throat> and of the blue and purple and scarlet they made cloths of service to do service in the holy place and made the holy garments for Aaron as the Lord commanded Moses. And he made the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen. And they did beat the gold into thin plates and cut it into wires to work it in the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet and in the fine linen with cunning work. They made 
shoulder pieces for it to couple it together. By the two edges was it coupled together, and gir curious girdle of his ephod that was upon it was of the same according to the work thereof of gold and blue, uh, gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen, as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 6, and they wrought. How about that? Verse number 9, uh, they made. Verse number 10, they set. Verse number uh, 15, and they made. Verse number 16, and they made. Verse number 17, and they put. Uh, go to 36. Exodus 36. Look at this. And I didn't cover all these chapters because ain't nobody dying. 36. Look at this. 36. Uh, and they received of Moses, verse 3, all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offering every morning. And all the wise men uh, that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they had made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than is enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. The only other time I read these children of Israel aren't getting in trouble and dying is when they're building the house of God. So how do we make application? You know what we are? Lively stones. We are the temple of the Lord. And so, you know what you can get busy doing? Winning somebody to the Lord. You go, listen, I'm telling you, you want to you keep from getting in trouble and fighting with your brothers and sisters in Christ and fighting with your wife or fighting with your husband. Why don't you go out in there and tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Go out there and tell them how the devil wants them in hell and Jesus Christ wants to save their soul and how they will be saved if all they do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you go out there and you serve Jesus Christ. Brother James talks about it all the time. Whenever there's a big evangelism event, you come in, everybody's happy. Oh man, everybody's talking one with another. How'd it go for you, brother? How'd it go for you, brother? What happened where you were at? Oh, let me tell you, I had this great conversation or I had this crazy person at Walmart yesterday. <laughs> you know, but, but you know what? I'm not saying, hey, did you hear? Did you hear what that guy did? Hey, psst, psst, did you hear what that sister did? Can, can you believe? Right? So, so what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm, I'm, telling, I'm taking the time that God has given me and applying it to do something for him. When, that, when those doors are open, I need to be here. I need to be under the preaching of the word of God. I need to listen to it. When, when I'm not, man, I need to be out there telling people about Jesus Christ, how he can win, how he can save souls, how, and what great life that he offers. Um, let's get one more thing. I think we got time for this. Um, and really, like I said, you can't, these aren't all, these aren't all the answers. And you got a wicked heart and a rebellious heart. You can still do all that stuff. And it doesn't solve the problem. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 14. Because you could just be a wicked little rebel and come to church every time those doors are open and go out there and participate in ministry. I don't know that you actually talk to too many people, but you got a heart problem. Numbers chapter 14. So number, we, let's get the picture real quick. You know, I think it's very clear. The wilderness. Carnality. Right? All we saw was death. All we saw was sin. A little bit of time where they were doing some things right and they weren't dying, praise God. But when you start living carnally, it brings death. God want them to, wanted them to get to the promised land. Right? That's that spiritual life. That's, that's that place where you're living in the promise of God, where you're living by faith, where you're doing things for God that please God, living for God. And it's, it's the life, life more abundant that Jesus Christ has for you. And people don't want it. And they don't realize how bad it is where they're at in the wilderness. You, you get really thirsty out there. Um, but Numbers chapter 14, I think, gives us the answer. So, so we have these people. They go out there. They, they go out. They search the land. They come back. They bring an evil report. And everybody's like, oh, no, we're not going to make it. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 14. 
verse number six. And Joshua, the son of Nun, one of those guys that went out there, right, with the two that were good, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephuni, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the uh, company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. You know, God will bless you there. It's not like you're going to go and die. Some people do die. You know, it's picture, shadow. But ultimately, right, it's that life, that spiritual life that God has for you. He says, it's exceeding good. It's exceeding good. That life that God has for you is exceeding good. Verse 8, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. Not, I'm not going to have to win it. I'm not going to have to fight for it. God will do that. Right? If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring, it, bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey only. Here's the answer. Best I can tell. Here's the answer. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land. You want to have that spiritual life. You want to leave that carnality. You want to leave that death. God tell you to do something and you don't want to do it. That's where it comes from. If God told you something to do, why not humble yourself and do it? Only rebel not ye against the Lord and fear not the people. Say, so what would my friends think? What would my family think? What does God think? All right. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time with your word. God, help us. Help us to be spiritually minded. God, help us to live for you and enjoy that life and life more abundant than you have. God, pray that you'd bless each and every one that heard. Pray that you'd help me. God, as we go our ways, help us to live it and love it in Jesus' name. Amen.